And welcome back to what should be the final episode of the year for us here at the Geeks Experience. Uh, we're going to catch up on Andor and the holiday special. What and holiday special? The Guardians holiday special. Oh, uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that one first because Andor's going to take us a while. Um, but yeah, no, this is the last uh, episode of the year where as we go into uh, Christmas and New Year break. We'll be back. We'll discuss whether or not we will do uh, Avatar. I don't think we will. Uh, the way of water. Yes. Um, I, I don't know. It's uh, I mean, I the only interesting thing I would say about it is that it's been getting a lot of uh, interesting uh, reviews. I mean, well, not reviews, but more sort of like James Cameron's uh, comments about it and just filmmaking as a whole has been getting some interesting debate mm-hmm. as of late. Um, but I don't know. I I don't know if we'll we'll end up covering that because I think by the time we get back started up it'll be a couple weeks after it's been out mm-hmm. but yeah you know yeah, it's not like a wonder woman thing where like it's like uh still fresh in the minds no nah, yeah i mean i mean who knows maybe if like it actually does make a bunch of money then we gotta be like all right let's figure out why what, what's what's up with this one yeah know? aside from the fact that we got pandora back um but yes we will be starting our this conversation with uh the holiday special and it's a holiday special. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, it's it's very funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that's it's uh, it's very short and simple. Yeah, it's not, it's like about 45 minutes, and uh, the basic plot premise, I think, if you've seen the trailers, is just hey, you know, Peter seems a little sad, and Mantis and uh, Drax are like, let's give him a present. Let's get him something that will make him happy. Get him someone to make him happy. And that someone is Nakamura because they don't know where she's at. Yeah, yeah, because they're like, well, we don't know where Gamora is. We can't always find her. Mm-hmm. But maybe we can find someone else. Uh, uh, Peter's hero, if you will. Mm-hmm. The long-awaited legendary hero, Kevin Bacon. The man who danced his way to many people's hearts. Yep. Uh, so, you know, it. I mean, I will admit, that's the funny part about this, is that it's actual Kevin Bacon. <laughs> Playing Kevin Bacon? Yeah, himself. In, you know, which is, a, which I will admit, that is sort of the one thing, some of the few things that's kind of interesting about Marvel. Um, I think, as always, it's, it's always been interesting about the Marvel Universe, is that mm-hmm. it more or less is kind of just our world, but with superheroes for a little bit. You know what I mean? Because it, uh, mm-hmm. it's not like... Iron Man or Spider-Man lives in a different city. He lives in New York City, you know? Mm-hmm. And those are always, like, that's some, kind of one of the interesting things about the Marvel Universe. It's not like DC where Superman lives in Metropolis, Batman lives in Gotham, uh, Flash lives in uh, Star City, right? Yes. Yeah, so, you know. Well, I think it's Central City. Uh, well, whatever. Yeah, it's Central Star City. No, Star it's, Labs. It's Star, no, yeah, Star Labs is the... Is the is the lab and in Central City. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Um, but point is, you know, it's like they live in... It's very clear that they're in a fictional world, but in the Marvel Universe, you know, mm. it has crossover with the real world for a little bit. And uh, granted, not always, because uh, last time I checked, I think in Iron Man 3, they had to save the president, and that was not a... Uh, Barack Obama <laughs> so uh, at the time so I mean I guess obviously they don't want to like Barack Obama's very busy he's the president mm-hmm. at the time um, but yeah no it is fun just to have like you know Kevin Bacon just be there and kind of just be like what the fuck <laughs> you know yeah these aliens are trying to kidnap me 
Which is kind of funny because it's that's essentially the the majority part of the of the episodes. That's that them trying to kidnap him, kidnap Kevin Bacon. Yeah, but it, but it's also them just hanging out in New York and just being exposed to like human world, the human world. Yeah, they, they see the in costumes. Yeah, see the those uh those random dudes who dress up for pictures and stuff on on the streets, and you know they're like, it's Steve Captain America, and just like get away from me. Who is this? It's like, why is he running? I don't know. <laughs> but I think my favorite part was that, and I, I know that caught, I know this got a chuckle out of you. Was the uh, GoBot scene? Oh, the guy just dressed up as like a GoBot, and like Drax wants to kill him. It's like, sorry, GoBots killed his family. I'm sorry. You're like, I'll kill you. And then, at, you know, as they're doing the montage, just like, oh, they think they're like uh, dress up performers too. They start taking pictures with Mantis and Drax, and they get a bunch of money. And then just in the background, while Mantis is posing, you just see Drax just being down on the GoBot costume. It's like, oh, oh. Well, for one, apparently the GoBots exist in the Marvel Universe, which well, I think is a thing. It's either that or Transformers. I know Transformers. Are well, I mean, I know uh, Marvel did do the Transformers comics mm-hmm. back in the day. So, I, I guess technically, by uh, so, like degrees of separation, mm-hmm. uh, Transformers can be linked into the marvel universe if you can if you want to mm-hmm. i know gi joe was something similar too mm-hmm. um but yeah it, you yeah, know yeah. Just more to the point they they get a kevin bacon and uh they realize hey he's not who he says he is because he's a fucking actor yeah they're like you're the one that saved that town by dancing and uh you fought the the legendary monster jason for he's like no dude those are just roles i'm, I'm an actor and it's like an actor, the worst thing imaginable. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I think, I think the funniest thing of like, like he, this is one of the last few things James Gunn is doing with Marvel, and he keeps the comedy going. Yeah, like it, you know, I think all the jokes land how they land, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I think, I, I, I'm pretty sure there's some people that would probably see like a meta commentary of like, oh, people just don't really like celebrities mm-hmm. or actors because you know they think they're assholes, mm-hmm. you know, and then you know it's obviously art, Mantis and. Uh, director's like, oh my god, just the worst thing possible. <laughs> An actor. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, um, but, but more to the point, this is essentially a Christmas special, um, and it has that Christmas theme, and it's, uh, you know, getting to get people, getting together people that you love, giving uh, gifts, giving gifts, yeah, all uh, that stuff, you know, just essentially bringing joy to someone, mm-hmm. which is a thing that this, uh, Special really focuses on because it starts off with a very like ranking bass kind of uh, what's what's that like not like it's like a rotoscope yeah rotoscope kind of animation. animation yeah it's a rotoscope animation of uh Peter teaching what's his name Corey no no uh Craglin Craglin yeah about the, Christmas and then uh Yondu shows up it's like get this you know Christmas stuff out of here yeah. we're Ravengers. Yeah, we don't take handouts. This is you know ridiculous. Yeah, but then like it, it's uh, to the end of the reel. That's how it what started. Essentially, it's a little collection of little miniatures. Yeah, because Peter gifted him something, and he was like, "Ah, get out of here!" And then uh, we sort of see a wrap up of that because Craglin's experience was like, "Oh yeah, and that's how Yandu ruined Christmas for Peter," and uh, you know, and that sort of is that sort of the chain reaction that starts up. We got to save Christmas for Peter. We got to get him back into the Christmas spirit. You know, but, guys? It, it, but his Christmas wasn't ruined because. You know, the Yondu took the gift that he found, and you know, and it was like the little miniature, like a little doll thing. He's yeah. like, "That's that's awesome." Yeah. And he gave uh, Peter uh, his his blasters. Yeah. You know, so 
Yeah, it, 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 it serves the emotional moment. It also reminds you, like, hey, you know, remember this guy did kidnap Peter, but he's also kind of like a, the most the closest uh, thing to a father figure he around. ever had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just it, just go like, hey, you know, this is what Christmas is about is like bringing joy to others and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens because, like, with Kevin Bacon's help, celebrity guest star that he is. Yep, he's like, we're bringing joy to Peter and to everyone around there because everyone's everyone's really like. What is Christmas? We had a whole fucking song number about Santa being a fucking weirdo. Yeah, you know, it's obviously like the aliens, you know, here in nowhere are like, what the hell is Christmas? What you, you guys celebrate like this old man who comes into your house and just drops gifts. And if you're bad, he, he gives you like coal or something. That's that's weird. You you humans are weird, <laughs> you know, so Granted, it's very weird. Yes, uh, but, but to the point, yes. Um. It's it's a very important moment for Peter and for a lot of people around him to bring this joy. I think, and some of the presents are really cute and fun. Yeah, you know, like everybody's just sort of does gift wrapping stuff. But obviously, you know, um, as you know, before all that happens, uh, obviously, once Peter realizes that, like, they set up this Christmas thing and his gift is Kevin Bacon, he's immediately like. Oh, oh no. no! This is bad. We kidnapped a man. This is human trafficking. You, you get him. We gotta get him back to Earth now. He's your present. No. Who gives up human person as a present? <laughs> you know, uh, like Peter having the obvious uh, best reaction to that, and like you know, Groot in the background is being I am Groot. It's like, oh, now you think it's a bad idea? You will this man out to me. <laughs> All right. So yeah, yeah. So it, you know, but obviously. Uh, once Craglin explains to Kevin Bacon, you know the whole thing about like, oh yeah, you know they're, they're yeah the guys are goofballs, but like they you really really like try to like you know get Peter into Christmas spirit again. It's like, mm-hmm. oh okay, yeah you guys are weirdos, but you doing this for a good reason. I guess I can you know hang out here, play some music for you guys, teach mm-hmm. you the Christmas spirit, you know because of the because like he. he... He went all out for his family <laughs> back on Earth. Kevin yeah, Bacon. he had a he had a trunk full of presents and stuff. He was ready to go. He's waiting for you know his family to get back. And next thing you know, he gets kidnapped by two aliens. Uh, but yeah, you know. Um, but the other like uh, interesting thing about the special is that uh, we do find out a little bit about Mantis's backstory a little more. That um, that her dad was also ego. So that would mm-hmm. so that makes her uh... and so like interesting fact about that as well is that there was a deleted scene that would that heavily implied that his her that uh, ego did meet uh, Mantis's mother you know therefore brother yeah. and sister mm-hmm. so that pretty much brings it all around with the with the fact of hey you know Mantis is actually Peter Quill's uh, sister which is not a thing in the comics uh, but I'm fine with it. I mean, if out of all the uh, properties that Marvel changes the most with in, uh, in terms of the MCU to uh, from the comic adaptations, uh, the Guardians have always been like the the ones that like get the most changes. Because if you were to like look up the Guardians of the Galaxy before the movie came out, oh, they are way so, different. They are so different. Like the only characters I think are remotely close to how they are in the comics are Rocket and Groot. But that's because. And even then, like, Rocket is supposed to have an Australian accent, you mm-hmm. know? 
But, you know, you got Bradley Cooper doing it, and I don't think Bradley wanted to do an Australian accent. No, no, no. No, no, and and you're right, because, like, those two characters are just so synonymous. And even then, there's still a bit of changes Mm -hmm. they've done by the time uh, they were adapted to film. Because there was a point where Groot spoke English. Like, like he actually spoke. He had, like, that kind of Hulk speak, though. It was, like, Groot mad, Groot sad kind of shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rocket was still the same smarmy-ass kind of guy he is. But with an Aussie accent. With an Aussie accent. And, you know, obviously from that point on, the the movies were focused uh, more on that aspect. And changing everyone around. I think, the we talked about before, the best example of, like, how the Guardians were before the movies was that one episode of Earth to Marty's Heroes where we meet the Guardians. Mm-hmm. And they're all, like, super serious. Yeah, they're all taking their job seriously. I mean, heck, Star Lord is voiced by uh, Steve Downs, the voice actor for Master Chief. Yeah. So you know uh, he means business. Mm-hmm. You know, so <laughs> I'm a space I'm a space marine. I don't know how to do his voice. Man has a very distinct voice. I can't do it. Yeah, very distinct. No, but like to your point, like it wasn't like this like jukebox kind of guy, so chill. No, he was like an actual space guy. Which yeah. is interesting because we do know, uh, at least in for the trailer for Guardians Three, that they do seem to don their like original suits. Yeah, for the most part. Yes, that that iteration of uh, of uh, of Guardians suits. Yes. Yeah, so that's gonna be interesting. I if they ever if that maybe that whole arc is them to become like the ones you do see in the comics. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know if they will. But it would be kind of an interesting note to end the Guardians trilogy on with that. But, you know, back to the holiday special. You know, it's, yeah, it's very, you know, like, obviously have some sort of emotional moment. Like, man, that's the best Christmas you ever give to me. I now have a sister, you know. And, you know, because obviously Mantis was like, I don't know how he's going to feel about it. Because, you know, Ego killed his mom. So I don't know if that's going to bring up bad memories. Like, but she's like, it appears like, no, don't worry about it. We're family now. Well, yeah, because, like, for... Throughout the past two Guardians movies, and to an extent, uh, the the you know Endgame and and, and Infinity War. War, Peter really values the idea of family. He lost his mother as a child. Um, he found himself a family to like, and the moment that ego came in, it gave him a chance to have you know like his father, a father figure. Right, mm-hmm. he has his family, but he he always wanted to know who his father was. He always wanted a father figure. In his life, right? And turns out his father's an asshole. Yep. <laughs> and he, it's when he acknowledges, like, that, oh, I did have a father figure. It was Yondu. Mm-hmm. How much that guy has sacrificed for me, you know, and, and you know, how he's cared for me, how much he loved me, further extend to the, further explored into the holiday special, and how often he deals with loss. Because, like, he ran away because he couldn't handle the loss of his mother. Which caught him, you know, which led him to get captured by Yondu. And then, obviously, he loses Yondu in Guardians 2. Mm-hmm. And in, you know, Infinity War, he loses Gamora. Yeah. It's one of those things where, like, man, I just, man, I just wish Peter didn't do that. I was like, no, but he's, that was always his character, though. He, he's a person that, like, ha- has a very hard time dealing with loss. I mean, that was the whole uh, character arc for him in the Infinity War movie, like obviously Gamora was like, "Hey, listen, if Thanos gets me, you gotta, you gotta take me out, because I know where the where the where the Soul Stone is, you know. And if you know, you gotta take me, you know, you gotta kill me, 
so that way he doesn't find out. And you know, Peter seems he he can't do it. Like I mean, he he eventually has to be coaxed to do it. By the time by the time he tries to, Dan, you know, he has a reality stone. He just you know makes the fuck you. It's like fuck you. <laughs> but he, it's like I like him, but fuck you. <laughs> it's like no. Yeah, because like to my point, like he just can't do it. He, he he had to try. Yeah, he had he, he hesitates quite a bit. Yeah, knowing that like, you know, and for him to have that reaction because he uh, for him is like because his love for Gamora, he just he still can't handle the idea of loss. Because mm-hmm. if he had done it, my man would have been depressed like a motherfucker. Yeah, he probably would be because he'd be more depressed he, than he loved Gamora was. Yeah, he he loved Gamora and like he'd just be like, damn it. You know, and obviously, you know, her, with her being back, but not the same Gamora, and just running out there, mm. you know, that also provides an interesting, you know, subplot for the next movie, right? Mm. Like, will uh, this Gamora learn what she's been doing in this mm. universe? You know, that whole sort of thing. Yeah, but like to to the point of of, of uh, you know, Mantis revealing that he, I am your sister. It's just it just reminds Peter like he still has a family. Mm-hmm. And there's still someone out there that he can relate to, someone who understands him, and someone who can love. Aside from like you know his found family, mm-hmm. you know, and and because that's what he was really looking for, right? So sort of a a place for him to be happy because like it was like he's so sad, he's trying to distract himself, and it's true he is. And but knowing that he has uh, all these people around him, and especially a sister now, kind of makes him feel a lot, you know, makes him feel better. Spirit basically goes with that the feel the feel of you know a holiday spirit. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I totally recommend this uh, this uh, this special. They've been killing with the specials. They're two for two now. Yeah. I wouldn't say killing it. They're like they're good. They're good now. Yeah. I I won't lie though. But when when you first said uh, we're gonna be talking about the holiday special after you said Andor, I'm like, wait, are we Star Wars holiday special? Because I didn't I didn't, <laughs> I didn't I didn't watch that. <laughs> Is it on Disney Plus? I don't know. I no, don't absolutely know. not. No. If George Lucas has like said anything, you know, he's I think out of all the things George Lucas ever made, the holiday special is the one he hates the most. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. So there's no way in hell that he would allow Disney to like have the holiday Star Wars holiday special on Disney Plus. It'd be fucking funny. It would be a good. Uh... <laughs> it, it'd be hilarious. It'd but... be a good drunk thing to do. Yeah, just like. <laughs> Could you imagine though, like, would there be actually people who just more subscriptions to Disney Plus if the holiday, the Star Wars holiday special was on Disney Plus? Question is, can you, like, you know, uh, stand, lo- you know, can you watch the whole thing? <laughs> watch the whole thing long enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's the challenge. Yeah. That's gonna be a challenge somewhere. Like, you have to sit down and watch all of the Star Wars holiday special. I mean, if if they put subtitles on the Wookies, then maybe. <laughs> Because I've only seen clips of the holiday special. I've never seen the whole thing. All I know is that like a good chunk of it is just like the set piece of Chewbacca's family celebrating uh, this Life Day event. And but like all the actors looking like they don't want to be here. Yeah, and it's like very, and they just cut to various different like snippets. Like yeah. obviously the animated portion that had Boba Fett for the first time. Mm. Um, I don't know, it's just a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, I just, just just imagine like a like five minutes of like. If you ever seen that Chewbacca mom thing, it's that but ten times worse. Yeah, <laughs> it's because it's just three carry three Chewbaccas just all doing the well, three Wookies just going. 
One's the kid, one's the mom, one's the grandpa. It's just so annoying. Just me doing it right now makes it sound annoying. Yeah, you now, like... <laughs> just trying to do, like, different, like, pitches. Yeah, that obviously, it's not great, but it's very funny if you want to, like... Yeah, it's like... Torture yourself for it's an very hour. Tor- Don't do a drinking game of that, let's say that. <laughs> like, like, I got a good Chewbacca expression. I, I would get tired of it <laughs> real yeah. fast. Yeah, uh, oof. <laughs> yeah, um, that's all. That's the Guardians holiday special. Probably the only holiday special I would recommend from any of these big companies. Stuff that isn't Rankin Bass or something. Uh, but on to Andor. So Andor, uh, we have three episodes to catch up on. We're gonna speed through them real quick uh, because I think only two really matter, and that's the last two. Well, I mean, the epi- we because we uh, it's episode 10, 11, and 12. Mm. Episode 10, uh, more or less, is the prison break episode. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there are some other things, some neat uh, things with it. Uh, I, you know, we learned that there's a uh, that uh, there's a double agent within the IBS mm-hmm. uh, that's working for Luthen. Uh, and he figures out, you know, the whole uh, plan that they're planning before uh, with Luthen, uh, that whole raid uh, that he wanted. Uh, uh, what what was his name? Uh, Saw Guerrero. Yeah, Saw Guerrero. He wanted them part of. They find out that hey, the Empire knows that this is gonna go down, and uh, you gotta you warn you gotta warn Kruger and all those guys to back off because you know they're gonna die. And Luthen is pretty much just like. Well, if they don't go in, then the Empire's going to be suspicious that the information got leaked. And that might lead to you. So, uh... You a, know. A, a lot of... A lot of, you know, problems within the Rebel Alliance. A, and... a lot of, like, uh, moral uh, questioning of, like, is it worth losing these, like, 30 to 50 guys and a key member of the Rebel... Uh, the fledging Rebel Alliance mm-hmm. die in order to keep the various other rebel stuff and like the secret network within to uh you know is it worth sacrificing the light you know it's literally just the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few <laughs> kind of yeah because like, like we we need to figure out whether what we want to do and like if we do this we're screwed but if we don't and if we don't we some people are gonna die yeah and it's like do we risk the life of a these rebels for the life of a double agent that's in the you know the empire who's given you know actual information and stuff like that Mm -hmm. you know it's like it's a it's a very you know it's a very hard decision and he uh i'm pretty sure luthan i forget if it's episode uh 11 he goes to saw talking about it Mm -hmm. and saw is very much kind of like kind of loses his mind for a little bit it's like you're crazy man you have people here looking at me Kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. And eventually he's just like, listen, if I was, you know, because he starts questioning, are you, like, part of the Empire? Because how would you know this? It's like, listen, if I was part of the Empire, I would have just told you to go with uh, with the rest of them. And I'm telling you not to go. It's up to us. And, what, and, you know, and so I was like, well, this is war. <laughs> yeah. That's how it is, man. They're going to be playing chess now because mm-hmm. sometimes you got to sacrifice your pawns in order to get all your other pieces lined up. Which, yeah, it's kind of... It's it's definitely one of those moments where it's like, damn. 
that's freaking crazy. You know? Like, they're willing to do all these sort of maneuvers just to, like, you know, not let the Rebel Alliance fall. Mm. Or even, like, you know, the start of the Rebel Alliance in a way. But yeah, no, episode 10 is mostly the prison break. It's it's a, it's a good one, you know? We have a... They finally they put the plan into motion, you know? They start to liberate all the prisoners. Uh, Andy Serkis' character, um, you know, gives sort of a rallying speech of, like, hey, listen, they're never going to let us out. We got to rise up now, all right? We have control of the facility. Let's all go, guys. Come on. Mm. Only to, uh, once they break the doors open and start swimming out because it was an underwater prison remember yes yes it was uh <laughs> andy circus's character is like i can't swim which is we talked about this that is the most the most funniest and tragic thing to happen yeah like obviously it's funny because it's like you know guy breaks out uh from a it's like if someone were trying to break out of alcatraz and realize oh shit i can't swim mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's a similar vibe of like how the hell do i get out of here yeah um, it's it's kind of because like it, he's like it, it also says that he's kind of stuck there forever, which I don't think he is because he has to jump at some point. Yeah, like obviously, like the rest, the guards are all hiding now because it's like the guard, the the prisoners have rebelled and they have weapons and they don't want to die. And we are out number ten to one. Yeah, so it's like yeah, let's just hide. Let's let them escape. All mm. right, let, I don't want to die. <laughs> trying to keep these prisoners in. Mm. Um, but yeah, you know so. Yeah, so um, the whole uh, that whole f- also it's very tragic too. Like you said, like it's like this guy who rallied everybody together at the end. Where it's like we're here, one way out, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's go home, everybody. Only to once they actually get out, it's like oh fuck, I can't swim. <laughs> well, more him than anyone else. Yeah, it's like it's one of those like well, I didn't think I would get this far, honestly, and uh, now I don't know what to do. But I honestly kind of hope that he just found a way to, like, maybe tear off one of the doors to make it, like, a makeshift raft and just, like, try to paddle his Mm -hmm. way to shore. Or someone saved him. Or someone saved him. Or, like, he man, Or, you know, there might be some aircraft laying laying Mm -hmm. around. Maybe he just flew off. Who knows? I mean, obviously, you know, the the open-endedness of Andy Serkis' character, I think, just sort of speaks volumes to... uh, I think how good the writing is where you're kind of just like either all any of those options work in mm-hmm. the tone of the story in a weird way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, that's sort of episode 10 more or less. Not, not a whole lot happens, obviously, just... Yeah, just to escape. Um, but in the next episode, we find out that uh, Endor's uh, adopted mother passes away. Um, and they try to essentially use it as a wave to get him to come out. Yeah, because I think everyone sort of figures like like ah yes his mother he was super close to him he he came back to visit her once before after the whole uh you know the aldani uh attack and stuff so clearly you know still very important to her so you know he's probably going to come back for the funeral and stuff and that's sort of what they're trying to plan out they have people watching the house all that stuff and of course, Andor doesn't find out until like he calls back to like you know, he because he knows at the time like he's like I can't really go back, but just let him, leave a message for my mother, you know, tell her I'm all right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I got bad news, Andor, your mom's dead. It's like, oh, 
<laughs> I need to go see your funeral. <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. Yeah. But it's also like build up of like everyone coming together uh, for the capture. Yeah, you got a uh, freaking um, Cyril coming, you know. The, getting, get, the he, dude who literally needs a W. Yeah, Cyril and, it, you know, his old uh, part, uh, dude, you know, his old uh, lieutenant or whatever who was helping him out during the first couple of episodes. You know, mm-hmm. he calls him, he's like, hey, listen, Ando's mother's dead. They're thinking that might, he might be coming back for the funeral. It's like, all right, it's go time, you know. Starts to get, you know, I think he steals his mom's credit card, I think, which is funny. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think so. It's just, <laughs> it's just sad. You know, this man has to go back to live with his mom. And it's, you know, it's something he doesn't want. He wants to get rid of, be out of that situation. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like, I don't know. So a lot of people have been saying like, oh man, he gives a lot of incel vibes. And while I do agree, he does give some incel vibes. Um, I, I don't think it's, um, voluntary though. Right. Yeah, I it's sort of like circumstantial. Yeah, cuz like he hates living with his mother. He like he wants to prove himself that he that he can do like the job that he, you know, that he can do that he that he's able to prove what he wants to do, right? That's the main idea. And or he he had an idea for Ivan Anders like, "No, we got to catch this guy. He's responsible for all this stuff." And everyone was like, yeah, "Don't worry about it. It's it's just sort of but like, "No, but he broke the law." It's like, "I must maintain justice." Yeah. <laughs> He has a very, like, you know, keen sense of justice. And, like, he wants to catch Ander because, like, you know, because he let Ander go, shit went south for his career. He's like, if I get him back, maybe my career can come back. And maybe I can move out of my mother's house again. Yeah. Plus, there's this chick who kind of, I think understands me. I might have a shot. <laughs> no, you don't, dude. That's where the insult vibes come in. Because she is not interested. Yeah, yeah, more or maybe less. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe I'm not. Well, I mean, uh, but yeah, no, um, you know, that happens, I mean, obviously, uh, and then the other portion is, um, Mon Mothma's whole plot line mm. so far, um, because she was talking to this, uh, you know, her banker friend, uh, talks to her about, like, this, uh, I think he's, like, I think he might be, like, a mafia dude or something, I don't know, um, but point is, he's very shady, it's like, hey, we need some money to help me out with this thing. He's like, all right, cool. And it's like, how much do we got to pay you? Like, I I don't need to take any interest. Don't worry about it. And it's like, yeah, I don't I don't like that. I don't uh, like the sound of that. What What are you after then? Because if you're not taking any interest on on these payment on, on the money you're giving us, then wh- what do you want? It's like, well, as this is tradition with our culture and stuff. I have a young son. You have a young daughter. Um, no, <laughs> we're not doing this patriarchal bullshit. You know, we're as not in her words. Yeah, like she's very much like, no, I don't like this. I don't like this at all. You know. Uh, so this, wait, this, uh, uh, you need to remind me. Was was that what happened with her and her husband? Was it an arranged marriage kind of thing? I don't remember honestly. Yeah, like I, it's I, it might be implied, but at the same time, like it's not like. It doesn't seem not loving. No, like it does seem like there, there is like. It's just that like her husband's not really much into her politics, mm. kind of thing. Like he doesn't really much care about her being mm. in politics and stuff. It's like, eh, whatever. I'll just you know do stuff. And it does seem like they have some minor conflicts, but you know they've had a kid together. You know it does seem like it's a decent enough relationship where mm. they're not arguing with each other all the time. Although, um, yeah, like it's very much interesting to see that and she's initially like no i can't do that you know you know but then she finds out 
Um, like, yeah, no, um, there's not a lot of money. I've been taking out a lot more money than I should have. And since the Imperial record keepers are, are going to look into it, you know, it might lead her back to, you know, all the rebel stuff. And she clearly doesn't want that to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, she sort of more or less makes a decision, which is not a very good decision. Also, it is interesting that, like, uh, with the daughter, like, we find out, like, she's, like, the main thing about their sort of strife is that the daughter likes to be in this little group of, like, very traditionalists. Yeah, that was weird. Like, that, that threw me for a loop for a minute. Yeah, like, she's more into, like, the old ways of customs and stuff mm. of Mon Mothma's people. Because, like, uh, Val, who, you know, the... The cousin. The cousin who's into, like, the rebel stuff with Luthen and stuff mm. visits, and she's sort of looking at it, and it's like, what's... what are, are they doing the things? Like, are you... When did you start doing that? It's like, I haven't been really encouraging it at all. Like, it's all it's all been her, honestly. That's the biggest twist of the whole... Uh, well, one of the biggest twists of the whole show. That she's a part of, of this, like, little club of girls that just, like, like to practice the old ways mm-hmm. and stuff of their culture, which is, like, it's super interesting because it's, like, you know, she even my monster explains, like, yeah, it seems like this, this stuff's starting to get more popular here than it was back home, which is weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Well, and I'm not saying it's a twist, like, Oh my god. No, no, because, like, for the most part, we all thought she was, like, a rebellious teen. Yeah, we thought she was going to be a... Because like, that's what it always is. Yeah, with uh, girls acting out against their mothers, like, the mom trying to be the stern one, and, like, you need to, you know, uphold your responsibilities, blah, 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 and, like, the girl's like, no, I want to be a rebel, I want to do whatever I want, kind of thing, and it's like... I want to be free, mom, I want to change my hair every once in a while. Yeah, you know, and then it turns out, oh, no, I want to be free to follow the old ways, mother... I don't want to be part of this... Uh... Which, look, it's not a terrible thing to do. No, it's not. No, it's not. We're not saying that. No, like, I don't think anyone ever would ever say that. Um, no, if if you want to follow in a way that's traditional, that's fine. It's just, it's a very interesting, like, plot twist, I guess. Yeah. For it to be that way. Because, like I said, we thought it was what, like we were saying earlier, she's trying to be rebel against her mother. She doesn't agree with her mother's stance on the stuff. But no, her she's actually okay with a lot of these old traditional ways, and for some that's like, what the fuck? Why are you like, you know, want to follow these old traditional ways? But it's also like, she wants to. It's fine. So I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with tradition, right? Yeah. As long as you're not being an asshole, <laughs> and she's not. So I'm fine with that. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. But it's but it's such like an interesting twist because like. One, we never really understood what her problem was with her mother. Mm-hmm. We thought it was this because that's what we we're always meant to believe because we, that's what we always think it is. But no, it's just that she doesn't view her mother following the old ways. And granted, it might be because like she's living in an area and she doesn't know her, her culture and she wants to you know go forth into that culture, maybe not realizing why her mother doesn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably what it is. Now, she seems totally okay with this idea of, like, hey, uh, he's a nice boy. Why don't you go talk to him? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very interesting thing, <laughs> you know. 
Yeah, it's it, it's it's probably one of the, the most interesting twist. Not the biggest revealing twist, I guess. Like, 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 oh my god, because it's me for the for the the universe uh, universe of Star Wars. Like, no, this is a very like interesting twist for a character. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think that sort of covers most of the stuff for Episode Eleven. Mm-hmm. Um, Twelve is is essentially centered around. Um, the the big uh you know funeral yeah the sort of the build-up of like andor coming back um he visits some people so to get sort of the lowdown of what needs to be done uh we have uh the one character uh he's uh the black guy i don't know i don't remember his name but he he's a bit of a mole he's a bit of a mole now i guess mm-hmm, yeah where he's like i think i know where andor is you know blah 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 blah, blah to the uh imperials and stuff and then obviously you know they're doing the funeral and andor is mainly just back now at in ferrix to just get bix out Mm because he now because he's now knows that bix has been held captive in the hotel you know going through all that interrogation stuff and he's like all right i I gotta get her out of here like Mm -hmm. it's probably the only thing the last thing i need to do get her out and just get you know a bunch of other people out you know just and then just leave you know, and obviously, uh, Cyril and the other guys show coming into Ferex, Luthen and uh, Val and the uh, Sea Tree, mm-hmm. those characters all coming into Ferex as well, mainly because again, their whole thing is like we got to take Andor out because that's a loose end to Luthen. And if uh, since the Empire is looking for access, you know, the, the, the dealer that like sold the stuff and information for Andor. You know they want you know, they, that means they want Luthen and they can't let Andor be living knowing who Luthen is. So it's pretty much like everything's sort of like coming together like a powder keg, if you will, and uh, one little spark, you know, could easily set the whole thing off and everyone goes crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Which just happens. <laughs> yeah, which which which, which literally happens. literally a spark blows off. Um, but to the point, like, uh, you know, uh, Andor feels guilty that he had to wrap Bix into this. Um, because Bix didn't want any of to do this. She was just passing off of information. Yeah, like, she was just sort of, like, the detail person, mm. you know? Like, hey, I got some stuff, you know, that sort of thing. Like, uh, like obviously she doesn't know who Luthen is. Because, I mean, Luthen's very secretive. He would never mm. show herself to her or whatever. And also, she didn't know where Andor was. He just sort of comes and goes and, like, that sort of thing. So, like, she was sort of put in a situation where she can't really, like, help out or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Heck, she was even questioned about, like, hey, this uh, this rebel guy, is he the guy that was giving you all the information? And she's just sort of like... Because she knows, like, if she says no, they're probably still going to put her back into the interrogation room to get, you know, tortured again. Yeah. Like, 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 it's one of those things where, like, I was talking to a coworker and he was saying, like, how much he hated the boyfriend. But I was like, no, but the boyfriend, from his point of view, thought that Andor was a threat. And if we didn't get any context about what happened with Andor, I can totally understand where he was coming from. Yeah, in a weird way, right? Like, like, like he got roped into something he shouldn't have. And he was only, he, he was doing what he thought was best in protecting his girl. And, like, the same thing with, with Bix, right? Because, like, she got roped into something that she didn't, you know, expect it to go down this way. Yeah. 
And that's why Andor feels guilty about it. And that's why he tries to rescue her. Um, but to the main point, um, the, the, at the center of the funeral is, um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name, but uh, the adoptive mother of Andor. Uh, she gives essentially this speech of, like, we have to fight back. Yeah, because, like, been, it's, her, it's yeah. her last message. Like, uh, the droid uh, plays it out as, you know, her last message. And, yeah, it is more or less, like you said, it's a whole speech about, like, uh, you know, the Empire, like, grows in the darkness. So when we sleep, it keeps growing and festering. And now we, you know, it's here. And I don't know if we can stop it, but, you know, we got to fight. You got to fight the oppression, fight the Empire, all that stuff. And obviously, here's, like, the thing is, like, they sort of start the, I think they start the funeral stories a little bit too early, which causes the Empire, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to post that there to just be, like, be there to, like, sort of, like, sh- you know, show a force, like, hey, we're not approving of what you guys are doing right now. So, for them to just then watch a friggin' hologram projection, just tell them, hey, fight against the Empire, you know, stand up against oppression, you know, it, it leads to a bit of a, uh, to one of the officers, Sort of just being like trying to cover droids, like enough of this. This is all you know. Get out of here, disperse. Which leads to a bit of a riot, and then uh, you know having to you know push people back, all that stuff with riot shields and stuff like that. And then the one kid who uh, I forget if we mentioned this the last episode, the last time we talked about Andor, mm-hmm. whose dad was interrogated and died. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much was like created a makeshift bomb, like a pipe bomb, basically. And <laughs> to your point, a spark blue. Yep, and like just straight up threw it at the Empire guys, which caused an explosion, which caused another series of explosions of like grenades and all that stuff, just all that exploding. And then now the Empire's like, open fire, and then just start shooting just all these mayhem. Yeah, wrong. like shooting and killing civilians and stuff. And in the you know, in the chaos, Andor was able to get uh, Bix out and uh, Deidre, the uh, Imperial officer lady, who's you know been trying to catch Andor and all this gets you know caught up in the crowd and like is like seems like she's about to get trampled to death until yeah uh, Cyril shows up like to like pretend like he's like you know dragging her out somewhere and then like you know saves her life Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know yeah no yeah that's good old Cyril for coming in saving the last day um but yeah no essentially this ends up sitting around uh where you know, Andor and his friends escape, but it looks, but he confronts, um, the, the dealer, Luthen, Luthen, and he's like, either you kill me or you take me in. Essentially saying, listen, I'm going to follow with my adopted mother's last words. I'm going to fight. I've been through the shit. I'm tired. I'm done. I'm going to fight. They maybe build parts for something I don't know what it is. Well, we know what it is. Well, we know in the uh, post credit scene. Yes. Yeah, because the at the end of, at the end we get a post credit scene and we find out what they were building, which was uh the Death Star. Yeah, part like the last bits of the Death Star, the mm-hmm. uh you know the laser mm-hmm. laser bits, which kind of gives you the idea of um how much time is passing by, right? Because like. It, we know what happens with him in the Death Star. He gets blown up. At the end of Rogue One. So it's, so now we have a time frame of like... From here to here... Where he, where the story can go. 
Well, I mean, I believe when they said, because like, I believe it is getting a second season, they said that the second season was more or less going to be a bit more closer to the Rogue One, uh, mm-hmm. to where it is in Rogue One, where, he, where his story is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, that is sort of the interesting time passes. Because um, I know, uh, you know, end of episode three, they had already started, like, you know, building the Death Star. So, you know, Andor's time in the prison, which I'm pretty sure was, like, at least a couple months, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sort of leads into, like, oh, yeah, they were building this stuff and sending it. Uh, and they're using parts to make the Death Star and stuff, uh, like, to put the final touches to it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Andor, you know, he, uh, comes to Luthen and like Luthen, like, you know, he gets the gun, like, and looks at it and he sort of just smiles and just goes, all right, then you just made this a whole lot interesting. Oh, <laughs> hell yeah, he did. You know, so that's where the, uh, where the show ends, basically. Um, we are getting the second season. That was already confirmed. Yeah. So a lot of interesting stuff to do. Yeah, and I think it's, it ends in a place where I'm very interested to see where it goes. Um, I know for a lot of people, it's just weird to focus on a character that we whose fate we already know, and all such. But at the same time, what the show is essentially centered around is just the idea of the Rebel Alliance, the the things that go in the background, the things that we don't see, like the people on the ground, like we said in the past, because like for the most part. A majority of Star Wars is always centered around the Jedi's, the Skywalkers, and like other aspects. Here, it's just people. Like we, like we were talking about it like a while. Like remember when we said about Cyril and his mother, where he just ends up being back home with his mom, eating some cereal. Yeah, <laughs> which is like the most normal thing you could see in Star Wars, and it makes it the most human thing ever. Yeah, like I think that's sort of the uh, the main attraction of Andor is that uh, you know it has that sort of human down to the down to earth aspect to it. Uh, you know, there isn't a whole lot of uh, you know force magic, all that stuff. You know, it's just you know the people having to live through all the uh, Empire stuff. You know, like, and it is sort of just like that sort of rising of the rebellion, you know, like, yeah, the rebels are here, but they're sort of a loose group of rebels, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and here we're sort of seeing that sort of uh, um, mm-hmm. rise of the rebellion in a way, you know, this sort of like this, the various uh events that lead to yeah you know what let's yeah let's let the, the rebels let, let the rebel alliance uh, form let's all come together and stuff because i mean heck when you look at it the events of this final episode you know the empire firing on a bunch of civilians unarmed civilians if you will mm-hmm. like i'm pretty sure like once we get back to season two that's gonna be a big big factor for season two, because already, like, you know, the whole Aldani uh, raid and stuff was a big factor because it caused the Empire to clamp down harder and stuff into more sh- uh, shenanigans and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, you know, the idea of this sort of uh, event happening where the Empire straight up just 
fires on a bunch of unarmed civilians, which, I mean, they could spin it as, like, yeah, well, one of them had a bomb and stuff, so of course they would fire back. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, most of these people, it was only one guy who threw a bomb in there, and the rest of them were armed. So it could lead to more, like, strife or, like, more motivation for both the Empire and the Rebels of, like, hey, all these innocent people died. It's time to, like, stand up, you know, rise up against the Empire because this has gone too far, while the mm. Empire would be like, we got to clamp down harder. We got to, like, make sure we put people back in their place. You know, it, it's causing that sort of friction know, friction that leads to, you know, uh, the start of the rebellion and, like, you know, the kickoff point of the the Galactic War, you know? Yeah, no, that, I think it's. I think you're right with that old with that uh, you know thought process. Just that we are now seeing what essentially could be a season two, or just like all the fallout from such things, because you know the Empire is starting to slack off. So we know this has to come back for something, and seeing it happen now, I think it will be really interesting to see where it goes. Especially with all that shit. <laughs> God damn. Um, but yeah. Uh, I think that's the best way to end the episode. this episode with uh, Andor. I think it's a great show. Go watch it. It's a little slow. So if you're someone who doesn't like slow things. Slow shows. Probably not the best place to watch. Um, watch it in increments I guess. I think that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah this show is definitely a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people like that. Some people don't. I was mostly fine with it. But yeah, I think a lot of uh, the praises for this show have been pretty spot on. Like, mm. It probably is like one of the more daring and interesting Star Wars shows, shows we've, ever, we've gotten um, in these past couple of years. I mean, obviously, yeah, Mandalorian's pretty great, but some people like to ding it a bit because of uh, the second season being a bit too fan-servicey. Mm-hmm. I don't um, agree to that. Boba Fett, you know... Was not what people wanted. Yeah, not not what people expected it to be. Uh, we had a season seven of Clone Wars, which you know was pretty fine for the most part for most people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Bad Batch also fine mm. for the most part. Uh, but here it's like it's very exceptional. Like, oh yeah, they went they pretty they went kind of uh, far. Yeah, they, they they went farther than most have. Yeah. Because, like, it felt different enough. Like, with Mandalorian, it felt different from what it used... What, than what Star Wars were used to. Because mm-hmm. uh, it felt more like a Western. Here, it's way, way different. So, yeah, I'm totally down for second season two. Wait and see. But anyways, guys, it's the end of the episode. Thank you for checking us out. Uh, be sure to follow us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At The Gates And if you... Go to Instagram where we're most active. You'll we'll find the uh, link to all the podcasts that we're officially part of. Like our podcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, all the like. And you'll find a link to the YouTube where you, can, where you can find the video version of this. Like, comment, subscribe on there. And we have a Patreon for support. And yeah, guys, that's been this week's final, well, this year's final episode. Mm-hmm. Just a wrap up of everything we've been talking about. And yeah, it's been me, your boy Eli. It's been me, Joe. You guys have a good one. Peace.